And so today we want to talk uh, a little bit about Passover. And you know, the Bible teaches us in a lot of different places that we are called to remember Passover. Not going to read them all, just one in Deuteronomy chapter 15. You shall remember that you were a slave in Egypt and the Lord redeemed you. And you know, we read that statement uh, over and over again, all over the scriptures. Uh, Passover uh, is a, a very important holiday for us. And in the Bible, we're reminded to never forget the Passover. And so for 5,000 years, we have remembered uh, the Passover. So, you know, it's interesting. Now, in that verse in Deuteronomy 15, it says, you were a slave in Egypt. And, you know, at the Seder, we remember two things about our people, about ourselves. One is, is that we were slaves. But you know what the other one is? And this is very interesting. The other one is, is we were idolaters. We were idolaters. It's very interesting. Uh, we read in uh, Ezekiel chapter 20, uh, in verses uh, 7 to uh, 10, we read, I said to them, cast away each of you the detestable things of his eyes, and do not defile yourselves with idols of Egypt. I am the Lord your God. But they rebelled against me and were not willing to listen to me. They did not cast away the detestable things of their eyes, nor did they forsake the idols of Egypt. Then I resolved to pour out my wrath on them, to accomplish my anger against them in the midst of the land of Egypt. But I acted for the sake of my name, that it should not be profaned in the sight of the nation, among whom they lived, in whom, whom, whose sight I made myself known to them by bringing them out of the land of Egypt. So I took them out of the land of Egypt and brought them into the wilderness. So basically what we read there is, is God told our ancestors, stop worshiping uh, idols in Egypt. And then it says, but they didn't. But God says, but you know what? I redeemed them anyway for the sake of my name. And it's interesting that in the uh, Haggadah, we also read the very same thing. Uh, we read uh, uh, in the Haggadah, originally our ancestors were idolaters. Uh, so it's right there in the Haggadah that we were slaves uh, and we were idolaters. In fact, the Talmud refers to this as our shame. The fact that we were both slaves and idolaters, that this was our shame, and that we re that what happened at the Passover is that we move from shame to praise. And at the Seder, that's exactly what we do. Uh, the, the Seder has movements, and we begin by remembering our shame, and we conclude with praise. And that is, of course, the redemption out of uh, the land of Egypt. Uh, and, uh, and so we have been delivered from slavery and idolatry. But what have we been delivered to? We, uh, at the Seder, we remember that we've been delivered to freedom, to serve God. We have been, we have been delivered to hope for the future. 
and we have been delivered to, therefore, to life. Uh, uh, to, to life. And we read in a number of places uh, how God has given us life, how God has given us hope, and how God has given us freedom. Uh, we read in Deuteronomy chapter uh, 8 this great description, a vision of the land, how God has given us uh, a hope for the future. Uh, we read in Vayikra, in uh, Leviticus, in the 18th chapter, how God gave us statutes and ordinances. And he says, and this is, uh, this is indeed our, our life. So he's, he's given us a way of life so that we could really live. Uh, he's given us a hope and he has given us freedom. But you know what's interesting about all of that? All of it begins to take place in the wilderness. All of it begins to take place in in a in an area that is very uncomfortable. Uh, that is a real challenge uh, uh, for our ancestors. Uh, and so we were delivered to freedom, delivered to hope, delivered to life, but into uh, the wilderness. So. All of this is not based on our circumstances, but rather on the promise of God, on, on what a God has promised. But it's interesting that the name of our holiday is called Passover, which means it's about the lamb, the Pesach, the Pesach lamb. And so the, the center, the, the central feature of the celebration of Passover is the lamb that was a substitution a substitutionary sacrifice. The firstborn of each family represented a whole family. And, and so we were uh, uh, allowed by the grace of God uh, to not be judged for our, our idolatry. And we were redeemed from our bondage uh, to slavery. And the lamb died, so to speak, in our place. And so we rejoice certainly uh, in that, at, at the Passover. That is the, the central thing that we talk about at the Seder. Uh, later on, uh, at another teaching, we'll talk about the fact that we don't eat lamb, uh, at our, traditionally speaking, uh, at our Seder. Uh, but in the scriptures, in the description of the celebration of Passover, and in the original Egyptian Passover, certainly the lamb is the central feature. Now, we all know as Messiah followers uh, that Yeshua's death uh, is likened to the death of the Passover lamb. We may be familiar, for example, with Isaiah chapter 53, which speaks about the suffering servant. Uh, in verse 6, we read, In all we like sheep, have gone astray. But the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. So we could say uh, that uh, the Messiah, like the lamb back in Egypt, uh, died so we could live. We were idolaters. We were slaves. Uh, and Messiah, the lamb, took our sins on himself and paid the price for our sins. Now, we read in another passage in the uh, New Covenant, in 1 Corinthians 5, verses uh, 7 and 8, uh, clearly a statement that tells us uh, that Yeshua is likened unto the Passover 
uh, lamb. We read uh, uh, here in verse 6 of uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 5. Your boasting is not good. Do you not know that a little leaven leavens the whole lump of dough? Clean out the old leaven so that you may be a new lump, just as you are in fact unleavened. For Messiah, our Passover, also has been sacrificed. Therefore, let us celebrate the feast, not with the old leaven, nor with the leaven of malice and wickedness, but with the unleavened bread of sincerity and truth. And so he's saying to them, to these people in the congregation at Corinth, who were turning uh, turning a blind eye to gross sinful activity. He says, clean out the old leaven. You've got to clean out this sin. You're forgetting who you really are. When he says here, clean out the le old leaven so that you might be a new lump, just as you are, in fact, unleavened. Be who you really are. Clean out the leaven of your congregation. Clean out the leaven of your life so you can be true to who you really are because Messiah is indeed our Passover. You have been redeemed. That's what he's saying. You have been delivered. Don't live like you haven't been uh, delivered. Messiah is our Passover. We read in another passage uh, in Colossians chapter 1 that we've been transferred from the domain of darkness to the kingdom of his beloved son. Again, it's kind of like moving out of the darkness of bondage of idolatry and slavery in Egypt uh, to being free, to uh, having hope, and to having life uh, by following the Lord, even if we indeed live in uh, the wilderness. Then there's another passage of scripture in the Brit Chadashah scriptures in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, in verse 21. He made him who knew no sin to be sin on our behalf, so that we might become the righteousness of God. That is a very powerful statement, that he made him who knew no sin to be sin that Yeshua became identified with our sin in his death. And therefore, he paid our judgment price so we could live and have his righteousness. Isn't that amazing? That is quite a deal. <laughs> that he took our sin, we get his righteousness. Right? And... Uh, that is, uh, we call that the exchange of life principle. Messiah died so we could live. And this is how he is indeed the Passover lamb. He paid the price of sin. We read in the book of Galatians, in chapter 1, uh, in the fourth verse right there, uh, we read about Messiah Yeshua, that he gave himself for our sins, so that he might rescue us from this present evil age, according to the will of God. Uh, and so, again, we've been transferred from the domain of darkness to the kingdom of his beloved son. In his death, in his Passover death, Yeshua has rescued us. Uh, he has delivered us uh, from our uh, sins. And then in Romans, the book of Romans, in chapter 5, 
we read right here in the 10th verse here, uh, not only that we have been uh, rescued from this present evil age, but that we've been delivered. We read in verse 10, For if while we were enemies, we were reconciled to God through the death of his son, much more having been reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. That's speaking of his resurrection. But the point for us right now, in his Passover death, he has reconciled us to God. So we have been delivered from the domain of darkness. Uh, we no longer are slaves. We've been forgiven for our sins. Uh, we belong to him in a way that was unimaginable in the past. But it is in this way that he is our Passover sacrifice. Throughout the New Covenant, the backdrop, the music behind the scenes is the picture of our ancestors being redeemed out of Egypt uh, and belonging to God. You know, in the last verse of Leviticus uh, chapter 25, in Vayikra chapter 25, and you probably know that chapter, that's the chapter that talks about the year of Jubilee. But the very last verse uh, says, For the sons of Israel are my servants, or my slaves. They are my slaves whom I brought out from the land of Egypt. I am the Lord your God. This is one of the unique places where God says, You are my slaves. Now before they were Pharaoh's slaves. See? But the power of Pharaoh was broken. And now we belong to God. And so the power of darkness, the power of the enemy has been broken in the death of the Messiah. The power of sin has been broken. No longer are we slaves to sin. We don't have to be idolaters anymore when we embrace the Messiah. When we embrace him, we're receiving that atonement. We're receiving that uh, salvation. Uh, and so how wonderful uh, that is. So we've been delivered, we've been reconciled, and we've been empowered because the power of sin uh, has, now been, uh, has now been broken. So as we prepare for Passover, recognizing these great truths, what should we do? You know, over the next week and a half as we prepare for Passover. Now, I know, uh, you know, I don't know. I wonder if there's a run on matzah at uh, the grocery store. I don't know if the cupboards are bare of matzah, if the whole nation has panicked to make sure that we have all the matzah we need. I don't know. But I know that, you know, we want to go out and we want to get all of our Passover supplies for our family. And again, remember that we'll be helping you to prepare for Passover. And I'm going to speak a little bit out of turn. I didn't ask, but I'll bet that Marcy would be really happy to answer uh, questions that you might have about cooking food. And Betty, Betty Smith, also I'm sure would be very happy to answer questions uh, about making a Passover dinner. And others as well. Many of you have done it. Uh, Lola, Klein, others, about the, the cooking, making making the Passover. Please, you can call me anytime you want to talk about it. But uh, as I said, we're going to be having an interactive 
a time of uh, questions and answers about the Seder and about Passover. That'll be kind of interesting. Uh, but also a video of Passover. So it'll be just like uh, your uh, coming to the Seder. In that video, uh, I will uh, explain. We'll go page by page, just like we do at our Seder. So if you just play that video while you're doing your Seder, I'll do it nice and slow, and I'll be at your dinner table uh, for Passover. That'll be kind of that will be kind of uh, fun, okay? But here's some things that we need to do so that we're prepared inside for the Seder, so that we're prepared uh, inside, okay? One is we want to be thoughtful. Thoughtful about our own lives. You know how we read in 1 Corinthians chapter 5 uh, about uh, clean out the old leaven? So let's ask ourselves, maybe as a congregation, as a uh, family, as an uh, individual, Lord, show me my sins. Make my sins known to me so I can confess them. That, this would be a wonderful opportunity to clean out the old leaven. So be thoughtful, you know, uh, be insightful, take an introspective look at life. This is a great time to be quiet before God. Hopefully you have some time while you are in your house or wherever you are to uh, use the time wisely. Use the time wisely. Get off the Internet a little bit, right? Don't watch the news so much. Talk to God. Read the word. Sit quietly before God. What a great time of year. And I kind of look at it that way. Wow. For Passover, God has made us be quiet. He has made us be quiet. The frenetic pace of life has stopped for a while. Don't fret it, but be thankful for it. Okay? And use it wisely. God is speaking to us. And so uh, let us be thoughtful as we uh, uh, come to Passover, right? And clean out the old leaven so that we might be who we really are. So we want to be thoughtful. We can also be thankful, right? Uh, give thanks to the Lord for he is good. His mercy endures forever. Passover is kind of like a thanksgiving holiday. Be thankful for what you have. You know, and this is, again, a wonderful time to be engaged in this kind of activity. Uh, you know, the simplicity of life. Some things we don't do. Some creature comforts we're not engaged in right now. And rather than fret about it, let's be thankful. Let's be thankful, first and foremost, for the Lamb of God who came to take away the sins of the world. Let us be thankful that he opened up our eyes so that we could know Messiah. Let us be thankful that we've been reconciled to God, that we've been delivered, that we can live a new life, a, a, a real life of being truly human the way God really made us uh, to be, to be filled with the Ruach of God and to uh, really be able to be empowered with his moral attributes and character of patience and peace and, and kindness and love and engaging uh, that way with ourselves, with God and one another. Uh, and so we have a lot to be thankful for. If, if you're having a hard time thinking of things to be thankful for, read, for example, Psalm 103. Read Psalm 104, Psalm 105, Psalm 106, right in there. You'll find a lot to be thankful for uh, by reading those Psalms. So we want to be thoughtful. We want to be thankful. Let's be penitential. 
What does that mean? That means repent. Uh, I couldn't think of repent full. So let's be full of repentance, penitential, or or repentful. (laughs) Okay, there's a new word. All right. Uh, Let's be full of repentance, full of turning around. You know, uh, God loves a broken and contrite heart. Uh, This is a great time to seek him out, to repent, to turn, to take on a new new walk uh, with the Lord. And what a great time of year to do it as we remember the great work of God of entering into covenant relationship with us uh, in Messiah Yeshua. And then finally, let's be hopeful. So thoughtful, thankful, repentful, uh, and hopeful. Okay? Uh, There is indeed a future. When God took us out of Egypt, he gave us a future. We did not experience it. Uh, right away, but he described it, and it was a promise, and Israel lived on that uh, promise. And, you know, there is a promise for us as well, that God has never left us, nor has he forsaken us, and he has given us hope, hope to get through difficult times, because there is a day coming. And you know this passage, it's in Romans chapter 8. In Romans chapter 8, beginning in verse 18, For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory that is to be revealed to us. And in some translations, it may say in us. Okay. For the anxious longing of the creation waits eagerly for the revealing of the sons of God. For the creation was subjected to futility, not willingly because of him who subjected it in hope that the creation itself also will be set free from the slavery of corruption into the freedom of the glory of the children of God. For we know that the whole creation groans and suffers the pains of childbirth together until now. And not only this, but also we ourselves, yes, we ourselves, having the first fruits of the Spirit, even we ourselves groan within ourselves, waiting eagerly for the redemption, for our, our adoption as sons, the redemption of our body. Isn't that interesting that Paul says he groans? Yeah, he didn't just, uh, he didn't have his head in the sand or in the clouds. His head was in reality, okay? And so there's a time for groaning. How's that? But knowing that this is not all there is. We have not placed our eggs in the basket of this world of world powers or governments of any kind or people. All of our eggs are in the basket of Messiah Yeshua. And that's why we have hope. You know, we can be optimistic or we can be pessimistic. But optimism and pessimism are based on our our environment around us, on what's happening. But hope is in the Lord and he never changes. So you can be optimistic, you can be pessimistic. But if you know Messiah Yeshua, I trust that you are hopeful, right? Hopeful in him, because he has indeed promised us a future. For in hope we have been saved, but hope that is seen is not hope. For who hopes for what what he already sees? But if we hope for what we do not see, with perseverance we wait eagerly for it. 
Uh, and, uh, you know, I'm going to jump down. I, I would love to read the whole rest of the chapter, uh, but I want to read another uh, little part of it. And that is uh, uh, toward the end, beginning in verse 31. What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who is against us? He who did not spare his own son, but delivered him over for us. That's the Passover. That's Messiah, our Passover, who delivered him over for us all. How will he not also with him freely give us all things? Who will bring a charge against God's elect? God is the one who justifies. Who is the one who condemns? Messiah Yeshua is he who died. Yes, rather, who was raised, who at the right hand of God, who also intercedes for us. Who will separate us from the love of Messiah? Will tribulation, will distress or persecution or famine or pandemics? Or uh, 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 nakedness, uh, or peril, or sword, nothing can separate us from the love of Messiah. We read in verse 37, But in all these things we, are over, we overwhelmingly conquer through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing will be able to separate us from the love of Messiah, which is in Messiah Yeshua, our Lord. And so you see, this is all that happened because Messiah is our Passover lamb. So we really do, don't we, have a lot to be uh, thankful for, to be thoughtful for, thankful for, repentful for, and hopeful uh, for, and I certainly uh, indeed hope that we will. And this is a good way, for, for good things for us to remember as we prepare for uh, for Passover. Uh, and uh, so why don't we uh, right now uh, take a moment uh, to pray and uh, give thanks uh, to God. Uh, Lord God, uh, thank you for uh, this uh, marvelous opportunity that we have uh, to come before you together. And I pray, Lord, that no matter where we are, we would be thankful, we would be thoughtful, we would be repentful, and we would be hopeful, Lord, as uh, we prepare our hearts for Passover. Show us where we need to change. Cause us, Lord, to really pay attention. Soften our hearts. Search me and know me, O Lord. Uh, you know, as we read in the Psalms. And I pray that at the end of the day, as we come through Passover, we would end up being better, better people, we might say, uh, than we are. And we thank you and we praise you in Messiah's name. Amen.